I'm Don Kennedy, your host of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. I'm an attorney, author, mentor, and CEO of a growing coffee company. I'm in this with you every single day. Thanks for joining me on the show that looks at all aspects of business from the mindset to the sales to the money left over at the end of the month with tips and strategies to help you navigate this amazing ride called entrepreneurship. Thanks for making us part of your journey. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. So we're going to tackle some interesting things this morning, and I want to welcome Bessie onto the podcast with me. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm going to have full disclosure here. It is 10 o'clock at night where she is, and we're recording. That is what we do to bring you good content. So (laughs) Bessie, why don't you start off by telling everybody who you are and who you serve? Absolutely. So uh, Bessie Graham, I'm I'm based in Australia, but work with people from 11 different countries at the moment. And my background and passion is really around using business as an agent for change in the world. So I think that business is an incredible uh, way that we can show up and, and bring our skills to the world, but at the same time also leave the world better than we found it. And I think too often people separate out in their minds the ideas of doing good and making money. And so for over 20 years now, I've been working with everyone from small business owners in Pacific Island countries through to the United Nations and and trying to set up environments where business can really flourish and contribute. So that's that's sort of a, a quick version of me, but uh, very much these days working with really established business owners and leaders and helping them figure out how they can bring good back inside the core business itself. Yeah, I love this. I, I wanted to talk about this topic because a lot of times we do see business as such a separate thing, um, even mm-hmm. inside communities, right? So we'll see businesses as maybe serving a purpose of creating a job or two or six or whatever size you are. And they see the impact as being very, very local. Um, but there is actually room to have maybe a different spin on that and to have more impact inside just a few people that maybe you work with. Is that true? Exactly. And look, it it's going to look different for each business. So it will depend on what you're doing and where you spend money as a business. If you're producing something, you will have an opportunity to think about your supply chain and how you make decisions there that is having an impact in the world. If it's around a service, you will be thinking about the way in which you interact with a customer or how you treat your staff. So for each business, we will go about finding those best options or the low-hanging fruit for where you start to maybe shift how you're making decisions or how you're spending money so that it can be a more integrated part of your strategy and that it really reflects who you are as a person beyond simply waiting till you make enough money to give a donation or or um, you sell the business and then you set up a foundation. So it's really about saying we don't need to wait till someday down the track to do good. We can begin that right now by looking at our business as a really powerful tool or vehicle for us to do good in the world. Yeah, this is really great. And I'm glad that um, we're having this discussion because it's very easy to say, well, you know, I do donate, I do give money to things, I do causes. And so my business is doing these things. But you're saying at the daily decision level, we can make impact. 
Exactly. And the fact is, each of us as business owners are already making an impact in the world. There's a question around, is it intentional? Is it a positive impact? Is it a negative impact or a bit of a mix of both? So whether we are consciously thinking about our business in this way or not, the reality is that our decisions are having a flow on impact. They are impacting our staff and their well-being and how they interact in their families. It is impacting on the environment based on our packaging or our use of water or power. All of these things are already happening. And this is about us starting to not get overwhelmed and feel like we need to take responsibility for every problem in the world, but to just pause long enough to say, who are we as an organization? What do we care about? And what are the things that we do have control over or influence over that can start to shape how we think about the business moving forward? Um, I love your supply chain example because it's sometimes easy. It's a very small business. When you first start to get opportunities to buy wholesale, to buy bulk, to get some of those discounts for the first time, to start to see a little more profit margin, that maybe we don't do the research into the ethics and practice of our suppliers. What steps can we take to start doing those types of things? What do we need to look for? Are there certifications we should be watching for? What can we do just to be a little more intentional? Look, it all starts with asking questions. So, so often, as you said, when we think about supply chain issues, we are very much looking for what is the cheapest way to do this? How do I save some money in the back end of my business to improve profitability? And so often those drivers lead to us going into different countries to have things produced because there's lower wages and there's uh, access to uh, cheaper things based on scale or different economies. And yet, as you've hinted at there, part of the challenge with that is that we may not be asking those questions or thinking about the flow on impacts of what's happening down the line. And part of what this work of of really doing the thinking to bring good back into your core business is to say, how do we simply first become conscious of those things? So it is, as you said, depending on what area you work in, there may be particular organisations that are set up that are already certifying Uh, manufacturing plants in the country that you work in. And so you could tap into those, do some research and find out who are the reputable brands that are already validating the conditions of workers or the safety of workers, the payment made to workers. So it's not about you needing to necessarily become an expert on everything. All of us know as business owners that part of what makes your business work is figuring out what you do really well and then bringing in the right skill set. So in a supply chain, it can be as simple as looking for third parties that validate these different issues. You know, we've seen over the particularly the last few years significant movement and progress around things like uh slavery in in supply chains and the conditions of workers on the back of major fires in factories, for example. So there are groups out there that already do that work. And and part of this is about you making some decisions based on knowing your business, your customers, the price point that can work, and then really 
sitting with and designing your business model so that you can be proud of all of those elements. We don't want to, at the end of the day, be making money, but in the back of our mind thinking, you know, am I actually clear on whether there are children in Bangladesh making this product or whether this was was made in a, an ethical way. So we we do want to ask those questions. It's about transparency. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, it's very important, even outside things like supply chain, that we have an intentional, um, I guess, mission to do business all the way through from the start of people finding us online to the end of the consumer journey, you know, aligned with our values. And sometimes those values exactly. are going to require us to go out and find and do things a different way, um, maybe mm-hmm. then normally are done or have been traditionally done in an industry. How do we, yeah. you know, how do we make sure that we're aligning with our values? What are some things we could do introspectively as business owners? Because sometimes it feels a little fluffy bunny, a little vague. <laughs> it does. And look, it often feels that way because so often the conversations, particularly if you get into large corporates or big brands, when they talk about values, we we all have this discomfort and, and you sort of think, oh, you're saying very generic terms and I don't see that play out in the way you behave. There isn't a connection or uh, it, it just doesn't feel that it is a truthful reflection of how they behave. So I often joke with organisations and leaders when I do work on their core values that we're not talking about making claims like uh, saying our core values are integrity or honesty or these big motherhood statements. And and uh, we've all seen those posters in a foyer somewhere where there's like an eagle with its wings out, you know, outstretched. That's not what we're talking about. To get to the piece that you are speaking about, where your core values as an organization really are driving your decision-making and bringing clarity on how you want to make those decisions, how you want to behave and show up in the world. That is an exercise that has to come down to really looking at historically the the origin story. So when I do this work with people, we run through your story to from you know right back when you grew up to now. What was it at play for you? What are the influences that are present? And what that historical reflection on on your origins tells us is it starts to give us stories that are the examples of what is truly uh, at the heart of who you are because core values are those things that they're not actually negotiable or, or pieces that we pick and choose when we want to behave in that way. It is a really central part of who we are. So when you do that work, what it allows you to do is have that clarity or a grounding. So I often say for people to be able to really, as a business, have a common thread in your strategy, you need to be grounded in your values. So you are really clear on what is important to you. And then you need to have clarity around your vision of where are you going? What do you want to be part of in the world? And we can then design our business and make decisions that are grounded in those values and moving towards our vision. But that's the the first step, as you've really importantly pointed out, 
is the knowing and understanding of who you are as an organisation, how you behave, how you make decisions. Because without that, it's actually really easy to get distracted and to just fall into what's easy or, you know, whatever is the noisiest or or most demanding decision to be made at, at any particular time. You know, it's interesting. I know that there are some listeners who, uh, uh, and I know them personally, so they're going to be like, well, it's just me and three employees. Mm-hmm. This is wonderful. We are not Nike size. We're not, <laughs> you know, manufacturing size. We're restaurants mm-hmm. where, this, you know, mm-hmm. where these types of things, really, Bessie, how much impact can I have as a business organization with this size footprint? How can I do things myself? Yeah. So what I would say when, regardless of whether we are three people or 300,000 people in an organization, you can look at where you spend the most money or the decisions that you're currently making. So if you're a small team, part of what you might decide is actually when we think about the impact we want to have or or how we want to contribute in the world, it's really about our customers and their experience. So if we are running a restaurant, as you said, then maybe it's about us saying we want the families that come and eat in our restaurant to have a beautiful experience and create memories of the conversations they have and how connected they feel as a family. And so our vision of how we do good in the world is to make sure we are so focused on that customer experience that everyone leaves here feeling more connected to their family and has created some beautiful memories. What that will do for you as an organization, again, it doesn't have to be this grand thing of saying we have to eradicate poverty. It can be about saying the piece we have the most control over and that we are passionately committed to is our customers. In doing that, what it allows you to do, and this is where the piece I spoke about at the beginning of figuring out how to do good and make money together in the same business model, as you focus on the good you create in the world being about your customer's experience, your staff, the way you lay out the restaurant, the effort you put into the environment you're creating, the the way you present the food, the the ambiance in the space is all focused on that customer having a beautiful experience with their family or friends that they are dining with. Now, what will happen is as they have that beautiful experience and you have the satisfaction of contributing to their life in that way, your business will have the flow-on impact of those people going out and being raving fans of your restaurant. So they will tell other people, they will come back to you, you will have recurring revenue from them and you will have new revenue based on them referring others. So what I always am trying to help business owners think about is this isn't about you being a martyr or running your business into the ground trying to be a good human that that it doesn't make any commercial sense. It's about you identifying those opportunities within the business that actually create the win-win. It contributes positively in the world and it actually makes financial and commercial sense for your business. Exactly. I mean, I love this. I'm always, uh, when I consult with business owners and I've had business owners have to make maybe some tough financial decisions sometimes or some Mm -hmm. tough business decisions. And 
when they employ six or seven people, it's the idea that you have to make the decision that makes the sense to stay in business, to take care of your employees, to do these other things and making sure that you're, you are doing, like you said, the good in the world and that you are Mm -hmm. making commercial sense with what you're doing. And I love that because I do feel sometimes people are listening in and they're like, oh yeah, I should use my business to do these good things. That means they don't want me to become successful because it's bad to have all this money in a business and my profit margins. And you see it in the news. People get Mm. banged up a lot about um, businesses having high profit margins and things. But really it comes down to, um, you know, we do have a powerful thing that we're creating. And as a, a powerful thing, we do have a voice in the community and in the marketplace that allows us to do business our own way. And we can choose, as you were saying, to be intentionally doing it for the benefit of everyone we come in contact with. Exactly. And it's allowing that each business will look different in the way it chooses to show up and do good in the world. Because again, it will be related to what is important to them, the business they're in, and what they have influence and control over. So I think it's important again to say doing good doesn't look the same for each organization. And and I often joke with people that it's not our job to make everyone else care about what we care about. We just need to show up with integrity and alignment in the way we contribute to the things we care about. So we don't actually want a world where every single business or every single organization is focused on the same social or environmental issue. So if all of us were just working on eradicating plastics in the ocean, then no one would be working on curing cancer or helping young children get access to a better education. So we want people to care about and contribute in different ways. And we don't need to feel apologetic about what we care about, just as we don't need to feel apologetic about running a successful business. Those things, unless the business is actually sustainable and can continue to operate, we can't have that impact in the world. So they need to go hand in hand. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody listening out there, please remember to make those business decisions that keep you open, running, generating revenue so that you can continue to have this impact. Um, And, you know, I love this, making sure you're getting connected with your core values. But let's just say that you know your core values. You uh, haven't really thought about it in this way before. And it may feel a little bit overwhelming, like you have to change everything all at once. And it sounds to me like you were saying, you know, customer focus first. That's where you want to make your changes. But there's some other ways where I might want to sit down and go, um, where would I start? Like, I want to do these things in a different way or better. Uh, I want to look at my business holistically, or do I want to go where I feel intuitive hit? Do I want to do what is going to have the highest revenue impact? How do I want to make this decision or what are the considerations? Sure. So, I mean, we've talked about two of the obvious ways that we can think about our business. One being if we have a product-based business, we can think about production, so the back end of our business. And we've talked about the aspects related to a customer focus and how we can do good in that space in ways that also make money. Another option is to sit down and if actually the bulk of your money or in terms of where you're spending money is around team and staff, then that could be a really logical place for you to start to think about, okay, what are the conditions 
of the staff that I have uh, in my team? What's the culture I'm creating? Are people proud to work for my organisation? Do they love coming to work or am I putting such pressure on these people that their well-being and their relationships at home are suffering on the back of them being employed by me? So looking at all of those components that are wrapped up in the, the well-being and satisfaction of your team, again, a little bit like we spoke about with the customers that has the potential to be a win-win because if you start to cultivate improvements in those areas, rather than simply seeing them as a cost or saying, oh, we have to do everything and anything that makes our team happier, that's not what I'm saying. Let's create the win-win. But but how do we create a situation where actually by those staff being in a in a better culture, being in a place where their well-being is actually more stable, then we will have less turnover. We will have far less in the back end in terms of our costs around hiring new people, training new people coming in because that turnover has reduced. We will also see really significant improvements in revenue because a happy team will work with and uh, Uh, look after our clients or customers better. So the customers will have a better experience and that will have that same effect we talked about before of both creating recurring revenue and bringing in new customers. So we need to think about both sides of the equation when we think about doing good and making money. And your team can be a really great place to start if you have a business where actually a lot of the decisions you're making and the money you're spending is related to staffing. Yes, yeah, so this is really great. And, you know, the idea that we're going to have the impact very locally with team and customers, we can still have far-reaching impact. Bessie, what I haven't shared with you is I also run a coffee grocery that sources con- uh, coffee from 27 countries. So, you know, we're very, um, so, you know, honed in on where our yeah. suppliers get their coffee fair trade. We look at uh, Rainforest Alliance. We look at all those things ourselves. So when you were coming on, I was very happy to do that. I haven't shared that with you, but that's the thing. So the idea is that we can have this impact even as a very small company by doing the the bigger like supply chain things. But really we can have this real big impact on our clients and on our staff and things very locally where we are. So really as an engine of being a force for good in the world, a very small business with five employees can make huge decisions that drive actually some of these larger organizations to change their ways of doing Mm -hmm. business. If enough small businesses stop buying from a certain supplier, they will change. Exactly. Yeah. If enough small businesses do certain things, we can actually impact larger businesses and their decisions as well. I really believe that. Yes. And the other piece is if for a moment we change the hat we're wearing and we think about ourselves as a consumer, it is overwhelming. If you want to be making good decisions as a consumer, think about before you've even got out of bed, there's hundreds of decisions just sitting around you in your bedroom around the 
linen that's on your bed, the furniture in the room, the aspects of who you get your electricity from, all of these decisions that consumers are trying to make. If we had to each become experts on every single one of those things, none of us could actually function. But if each individual business takes responsibility for the decisions it's making in how it's treating its staff, how it's treating its customers, how it produces or delivers its products and services, then that is an actually achievable way for us to shift some of the really entrenched problems that we see in the world today. So it's bring it right back to what you have control over. When you can make those decisions differently, as you said, there will be the ripple effect of others seeing what you do and saying, oh, maybe I could run my business differently. Maybe I could make decisions differently. And that is how we start to see that snowball effect of change happening through the way that business owners show up and have an accountability for the things they do influence and shape in the world. This has been such an amazing conversation. I know people out there, make sure that you're kind of sitting on this for a while and maybe take a little time to think through how things are going and maybe some places you might want to have some different impact or different changes inside your business. Betsy, how can people find you, learn more about your work, um, see things that you're doing and uh, how you are educating businesses and helping them find the right mix of things to have the maximum impact? So I have a podcast called Both And with Bessie Graham. So instead of either or, I'm asking you to have a both and mindset. (laughs) Think about both of these things of doing good and making money. So if someone wants to just sit with those ideas, like you said, and really start to reflect a little bit more, the podcast is a great place to start. And then otherwise people can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram under Bessie Graham or at my website, BessieGraham.com. Wonderful. We are going to put all of that information down inside the show notes. So whenever you're listening to this episode, you can go back and just grab those links and learn more, see more and find more. And we will put the podcast in there as well. So you can find it and you can listen to both ends with Bessie Graham. Thank you so much for joining me uh, this evening, since it's actually probably past your bedtime. I really appreciate (laughs) you sitting up for my audience. They, they uh, They really will appreciate that too. So thank you so much. My pleasure. All right. I'll talk to you all next time on the next episode of the Profit Accelerated Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Profit Accelerated Podcast. If you want some more information about me or free resources, please visit my updated website, donkkennedy.com. Follow me on social at donkkennedyxo on Instagram and on Facebook at donkkennedymentor.com. I'll see you next time.